0: Section 35 of the Junior Classics, Volume 9, Stories of Today. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, BC. The Rose and the Ring 1 shows how the royal family sat down to breakfast this is valoroso 24 king of paphlagonia seated with his queen and only child at the royal breakfast table and receiving the letter which announces to his majesty a proposed visit from prince bulbo heir of padella reigning king of crim Tartary. Remark the delight upon the monarch's royal features he is so absorbed in the perusal of the king of crim tartary's letter that he allows his eggs to get cold and leaves his august muffins untasted what that wicked brave delightful prince Bobo! cries princess angelica so handsome so accomplished so witty the conqueror of where he slew ten thousand giants who told you of him my dear asks his majesty a little bird says angelica poor giglo says mamma pouring out the tea bother giglo cries angelica tossing up her head which rustled with a thousand curl-papers i wish growls the king i wish Giglow was was better yes dear he is better says the queen angelica's little maid betcinda told me so when she came to my room this morning with my early tea you are always drinking tea said the monarch with a scowl it is better than drinking port or brandy and water replies her majesty well well my dear i only said you were fond of drinking tea said the king of pathagonia with an effort as if to command his temper angelica i hope you have plenty of new dresses your milliner's bills are long enough my dear queen you must see and have some parties i prefer dinners but of course you will be for balls your everlasting blue velvet quite tires me and my love i should like you to have a new necklace order one not more than a hundred or a hundred and fifty thousand pounds and gigolo dear says the queen gigolo may go to the oh sir screams her majesty "'Your own nephew, our late king's only son. "'Giglo may go to the tailors "'and order the bills to be sent in to Glomboso to pay. "'Confound him! I mean bless his dear heart. "'He need want for nothing. "'Give him a couple of guineas for pocket money, my dear, "'and you may as well order yourself bracelets.' while you are about the necklace mrs v her majesty or mrs v as the monarch factitiously called her for even royalty will have its sport and this august family were very much attached embraced her husband and twinning her arm round her daughter's waist they quitted the breakfast room in order to make all things ready For the princely stranger. When they were gone, the smile that had lighted up the eyes of the husband and father fled. The pride of the king fled. The man was alone. Had I the pen of G. P. R. James, I would describe valoroso's torments in the choicest language, in which I would also depict his flashing eye his distended nostril his dressing-gown pocket-handkerchief and boots but i need not say i have not the pen of the novelist suffice it to say valoroso was alone he rushed to the cupboard seizing from the table one of the many egg-cups with which his princely board was served for the main meal drew out a bottle of right-nance cognac, filled and emptied the cup several times, and laid it down with a horse. Ha, ha, ha! Now Valoroso is a man again. But, oh, he went on, still sipping, I am sorry to say, er, I was a king. I needed not this intoxicating draught once i detested the hot brandy wine and quaffed no other font but nature's rill it dashes no more quickly o'er the rocks than i did as with blunderbass in hand i brushed away the early morning dew and shot the partridge snipe or antlered deer ah well may england's dramatist remark uneasy lies the head that wears a crown why did i steal my nephews my young gigolos steal said i no 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 not steal not steal let me withdraw that odious expression i took and on my manly head i set the royal crown of pathagonia i took and with my royal arm I wield the sceptral rod of Paphagonia. I took, and in my outstretched hand I hold the royal orb of Paphagonia. Could a poor boy, a snivelling, driveling boy, was in his nurse's arms but yesterday, and cried for sugar plums and pulled for pap, bear up the awful weight of crown, orb, sceptre? Gird on the sword my royal fathers wore, and meet in fight the tough Crimean foe? And then the monarch went on to argue in his own mind, though we need not say that blank verse is not argument, that what he had got it was his duty to keep, and that, if at one time he had entertained ideas of a certain restitution, which shall be nameless the prospect by a certain marriage of uniting two crowns and two nations which had been engaged in bloody and expensive wars as the pathagonians and the crimeans had been put the idea of gigolo's restoration to the throne out of the question nay were his own brother king savio alive He would certainly will away the crown from his own son in order to bring about such a desirable union. Thus easily do we deceive ourselves. Thus do we fancy what we wish is right. The king took courage, read the papers, finished his muffins and eggs, and rang the bell for his prime minister. The queen after thinking whether she should go up and see Giglo, who had been sick, thought, not now, business first, pleasure afterwards. I will go and see dear Giglo this afternoon, and now I will drive to the jewellers to look for the necklace and bracelets. The princess went up into her own room and made Basinda, her maid, bring out all her dresses, and as for Giglow, they forgot him as much as I forgot what I had for dinner last Tuesday, twelfth month. End of section thirty-five.